todayradio at rte.ie. Having the Greens in government has raised expectations around meeting our targets on environmental action in in the coming years. And one of the bodies keeping a close eye on our progress is the Environmental Protection Agency. While the ambitious targets in the programme for government were welcomed, we still face major challenges in actually meeting them, a fact which prompted Director General of the EPA, Laura Burke, to encourage the government to get on with it. And Laura Burke joins me now on the line. Thank you very much for joining us this morning, Laura. Um, What exactly is the government doing or not doing that led you to say, get on with it? Um, Thank you very much for having me, Sarah. I suppose the first thing to say is the EPA is the scientific body that is responsible for compiling greenhouse gas inventories and projections on an annual basis. So that's our job. We're a highly technical scientific body. And Uh, and an independent body. So what we uh, do on an annual basis is see where Ireland is at with regard to greenhouse gas emissions. Um, Our most recent forecast, which is looking to the future, uh, in July, we identified that if Ireland uh, and the government and all of us deliver on all of the ambitions in the current climate action plan, um, we will reduce emissions by around 3% a year between now and 2030. So then in the context of having a ambition of 7% per year, which is very much welcome, and it's in line with international, I suppose, thinking at the moment with regard to climate change and the urgency of climate change, what we're saying is we now need, rather than debating, I suppose, whether we should do 3% or 7%, we need to be starting to take action and translate aspiration into reality. So while we we absolutely welcome the the ambition in the programme for government, we wouldn't want to underestimate the challenge in delivering even what's there at the moment. So what you're talking about is a million EVs on the electric vehicles on the road by 2030, you know, 500,000 homes retrofitted. These are, you know, big deliverables that we need to start moving on. And the longer we leave it, the more difficult, difficult and expensive it will be to deliver. Mm. So then those particular context, targets, sorry, Laura, to interrupt you, but those two particular targets that you've, you've focused on, the 500,000 retrofits and, and the 1 million electric vehicles, um, a lot of commentary saying neither of those is achievable. And I suppose that's the risk. We have a lot of commentary on saying whether things are achievable or not. And I suppose what, what I would also say is, well, let's start. Let's try it. Let's move on it. If you look even at electric vehicles at the moment, yes, it's at a low base in Ireland, but it's increasing quite dramatically. And if you look now and recognising the car sales in Ireland this year are quite low, but 20% of those sales are some form of low carbon vehicle. So whether it's pure electrical, it's plug-in hybrid or more traditional hybrid vehicles, you know, 20% of the new cars being sold are those types of vehicles, which is really positive. Um, And again, with retrofits, there's huge opportunities there. If you look at new bills at the moment, those are reaching very high standards with regard to energy efficiency, but also comfort in people's homes. So we do need to move on to, to retrofitting. And I suppose that... That like that's where we were certainly would be saying is, and now we need to be looking and saying, what do we need to do above and beyond that and start delivering? And I suppose part of it, of course, is for the government um, and the government, and I, I would have a number of suggestions in various areas, but it's also for each and every one of us can take action. You know, whether that be 
in, you know, and each of us can take different actions or are, are able to take different actions. So, for example, you know, if you can retrofit your home and can afford to do that, brilliant. You know, if you can buy and can afford an electric vehicle, again, a great thing to do. But even in our daily lives, every family in Ireland is wasting food. And one of the, the things with regard to food waste, it's a climate action that we can all do every day. We waste food. It costs every family around 700 euros every year. It generates around 3.6 million tons of carbon dioxide equivalent every year. It's a win-win. If we're more efficient in what we purchase and what we use in our homes, then we help the environment, reduce greenhouse gas emissions, but also help our pocket. Now, so I know the I think um, things that can be done. Okay, I know the government's focus has obviously been very much on public health in the last six months or so. Um, what impact has the COVID crisis had on people's attitudes and ambitions towards the environment? Do you think? Do you think people have been waylaid and it's it's been put on the on the back burner for a while, or has it given people more time to consider it? Certainly what we've seen with regard to COVID, and maybe ironically in a way, because you think people would be only focusing on on the COVID crisis, is that people are much more conscious of their local environment. So what we're we're seeing, and we've we've released a short report on on what we've seen during the, the COVID crisis, is that people are more conscious of their local environments, they're more conscious of, of littering. Um, there's more complaints uh, about environmental issues coming into, into the EPA and into local authorities. People are also a lot more conscious of things like the air quality in their area, because we again have seen through the COVID crisis reduction in air pollution because there's been less traffic on the road primarily. So I think people are much more conscious now about the interlinkage between their environment and their health. And this is something that the EPA has been talking about, I suppose, for many years in that Of course, environmental pollution has a significant impact on people's health. Air pollution will be one that would be very significant, but also the benefit of a good quality environment, getting out, whether it's on a local walk within your two kilometre at one stage or five kilometres and now being able to to travel around Ireland. We have a beautiful country and the benefit of a good quality environment on our mental health and well-being as well as our physical health is substantial mm-hmm. and more and more research and more and more evidence is showing that as well so i think people are much more attuned to that link between their environment and their health um, I know that you've pointed to other models that might be preferable to ours, the UK or Sweden, for example, when it comes to tackling um, climate change. Is it that they're more specific in their targets than we are? Is, is that what makes them better models? Well, I suppose what the EPA does every four years, one of the key roles for us is to produce a state of the environment report. And we'll be producing this later on in the year. We hope to publish it um, around the November time. And what that does is look at all aspects of the environment, because we're talking about climate change today, obviously hugely important existential issue of our time. But there's lots of environmental issues we need to address, whether that's water quality, biodiversity, air quality, etc. And what we've seen and what we will be saying later on in the year is that there are interlinkages and dependencies between all aspects of the environment and all policies and legislation on the environment, air quality and water quality and climate change all interlinked. And what other con- what we tend to do in Ireland is have a climate change plan or a waste plan or a water plan, whereas other countries such as Sweden have created a system of ambitious environmental quality objectives that are ultimately decided by parliament, 
which underlies the country's environmental policies and then engages all government agencies and administration. So rather than looking at each issue on an individual basis, actually the government and parliament set out an environmental objective for the country and then that underpins all legislation throughout the country. Okay. And that's what we're saying is now necessary because there is a risk that we we try to solve one problem and have an issue and have an impact in another area. So we're saying all environmental issues are equally important and also all environmental issues are linked together. You know, if you, for example, if you uh, took away the diesel buses from around Dublin, um, and I know there's a a move to, to move away from purely diesel only buses, but if you remove diesel buses from Dublin, you will automatically improve air quality as well as having an impact on climate. So it's those linkages that we need to be thinking about. And that's why we certainly will be saying having that broad environmental policy statement decided by parliament, decided by government, would be beneficial for us all. Can I ask you then, Laura, about what the weather situation this year alone has told us so far about about emissions? I mean, just yesterday we heard about the 54 degrees uh, in in California, um, a record high possibly that hasn't been absolutely verified yet. But if it's not the top highest ever, it's it's very, very close to it. Um, is, is that just a once off? Is it, is, it, is it telling us anything? Should we read anything more into it? Well, I think these are all signals. Um, and yes, it's, it's one temperature that has to be verified. Again, with the storms that we've been seeing over the, the, and the weather over the, the recent days, these are all signals. Now, I suppose we would always say that one weather event, you know, you, you, you can't actually link it directly to climate. But what we have been saying is that in the context of climate change and a changing climate in Ireland, as well as across the world, you'll see a greater intensity and frequency of extreme weather events. So certainly all the signals are there that the climate is changing. Um, and we have, of course, have to adapt to that. And I was listening to your program earlier about the work of the OPW in adapting. But we also have to mitigate. And that comes back to, the, I suppose, the start of our conversation, which is what more can we do? What more should we be doing to reduce our greenhouse gas emissions? Because all of everything that we do can have an impact and it can mean that the climate will ultimately change less and therefore we have to adapt to less. Um, because these are big impacts on people's lives, as we can see in Ireland and in elsewhere. Um, in terms of yourselves, then, I know the EPA was reviewed recently by the OECD. Um, what was the advice given to you on, on improving the performance of, of, of yourselves? Well, I suppose the first thing is is to highlight that we, we asked the OECD to review us because um, certainly I felt and, and, and all of the, the, the team in the EPA feel that it's absolutely appropriate on a regular basis to get an external perspective on your performance. So how are, how are you doing? And what the OECD spent almost two years reviewing us, we had peer reviewers from uh, not only across Europe, but also outside Europe and looking at the agency and how we perform. And we were delighted with the, the, the report ultimately. It's a highly positive report. And what it said is that the EPA is a highly respected body that is recognized for its scientific rigor, high quality data and expertise on the environment nationally and at a European level. So I suppose firstly, we were really happy with that endorsement of our work. 
What they also said is that our expertise is very valuable, a very valuable contribution to policymakers and stakeholders at large. And of course, in any of these reviews, they come out with recommendations. And there's a number of recommendations, including they believe that, I suppose, building on our well-established position as an authority on the environment, that there could be opportunities for the EPA to provide further evidence-based advice to support national policymaking process. Okay. So they're saying we're doing that, but we should do more. And I suppose that's something we will definitely be taking on board and be even more proactive in this space. All right. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. That's Laura Burke, Director General of the EPA. We're going to be talking about back to school next. Today with Sarah McInerney on RTE Radio 1. There are 